Hello for lover, this is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. I'm Susana Suiswiki, coming up. We stood up for him, so there's disappointment on a number of fronts. Frustrations over USP's Vice-Chancellor leads to staff protests. Also... There's so many amazing stories amongst us as specific people and having the avenues to make that happen. Hollywood Film Festival wraps up its 21st event. And later, hoping to save endangered species, PNG is setting up two new marine protected areas. But first, Tropical Cyclone Jasper is now a Category 2 cyclone, according to the Solomon Islands Meteorological Service. A tropical cyclone warning is in force for all provinces in the country. The Met Service says at 2pm Wednesday local time, Jasper was 195 kilometres south-southwest of Tetepare Island in Western Province and 270 kilometres west-southwest of West Guadalcanal. Tropical cyclone Jasper is moving south at 9 kilometres per hour toward the waters southwest of Guadalcanal Island. It's expected to intensify further as it moves away from the southwest of the Solomons. For further updates, head over to rnzi.com. Meanwhile, talks are underway in Vanuatu to try and establish a government of national unity. It comes after months of instability that has seen three governments in three months. Don Wiseman has more. On Sunday, Prime Minister Shalo Selwai appointed the Nagramal member Joshua Piccioni as the Minister of Education and the Leaders' Party MP Grazia Shadrach as the Minister of Lands. The Prime Minister's office says the moves in line with the desire of the leaders of various parties to form a government of national unity and follows a request last month for President Niki Niki Vurumbaravu to dissolve the Parliament and order fresh elections. That request from the Council of Ministers was put aside. Also this week, the Umbai MP, Jane Gwali, who was a minister in the previous administration, brought his block of opposition MPs into the government, giving Mr Selwai the backing of 33 MPs in the 51-seat House. Over 100 staff at the University of the South Pacific in Fiji have protested the leadership of Vice-Chancellor Paul Alwalia. The protest, led by the USP Staff Union, alleges mismanagement and calls for salary adjustments. Fino Funua has more. The staff of the regional university gathered at the Laudala campus in Suva to vent their frustrations over the leadership of Professor Paul Aluwalia. They allege poor management and are demanding a salary rise as well as a non-renewal of the vice-chancellor's contract. In a statement to RNZ Pacific, USP says its management continues to work with the staff unions regarding their grievances since they were raised earlier in the year. The protest occurred during the 96th USP Council meeting on 27th and 28th of November. USP Staff Union President Elizabeth Fong says the protest had been sparked after a paper of grievances they submitted were not included in the Council's meeting agenda. They decided that the staff paper would not on the agenda of council and that is where this gathering of unity among staff took place on Monday and Tuesday to show our disdain for the staff voice not being heard. 
Um, did he give a reason for why he wouldn't include it? Basically, the reason that the pro chancellor them gave said these are issues that should be sorted within the university. However, these are issues that have not been sorted over three years, and there was we had no other course of action to take but to go to the university council. Professor Aluwalia was appointed vice chancellor and president in 2018, and only returned from Samoa in February this year. Where he led the university in exile, in 2021, Aluwalia was deported to Australia by Fiji's former government after he produced a report alleging financial irregularities under his predecessor, the late Professor Rajesh Chandra. It provoked outrage among many, including Elizabeth Fong, who at the time publicly condemned the deportation and defended Aluwalia. We welcomed him. We stood by him when he was treated unjustly. As a union, we look for justice for workers. We saw him as a worker. He happened to be the vice chancellor, and we stood up for him. So there's disappointment on a number of fronts. And that has resulted in our decision. So far, Professor Aluwalia has remained silent on the issue, and hasn't publicly responded to the protests. He maintains the support of students, including the USP Student Association leaders. General Secretary Emosi Vakarua told RNZ Pacific via email that the association backed the renewal of Aluwalia's leadership. We support and stand by the decision of the USP Council, and we'd like to ensure that students have a safe and enjoyable journey whilst at the University of the South Pacific. However, not only did the USP Council deny the staff papers to be presented in the council meeting, but they also renewed Aluwalia's contract. Since its inception in 1968, the University of the South Pacific has provided education to thousands of Pacific Islanders. Many politicians, doctors, and civil servants in independent Pacific Island states are USP alumni. Fiji Deputy Prime Minister Bimam Prasad, himself a USP alumni and a professor of economics, expressed his concern to media. But was optimistic about reconciliation. On a positive note, he said the protest reflected a freer Fijian society.、Uh, we obviously value the、uh, freedom that、uh, workers in this country、uh, needed. So,、uh, whatever university staff the grievances they have,、uh, we would ask them to work with the management and indeed with the council to resolve this. And I'm sure、uh, those issues would be resolved. Close to 30,000 students are enrolled at USP campuses throughout 12 countries. Pacific people telling their own stories is a core value of the annual Pollywood Pacifica Film Festival. The festival has seen over a hundred Pacifica-produced films aired over the past two decades. Seven multimedia productions were featured in this year's event at three special screenings around Auckland, New Zealand. Tiana Haxton spoke with the festival's director, Craig Fussy. Founded in 2002, the festival celebrates its 21st anniversary this year, making it one of the longest-running events of its kind in the Pacific. 
Director Craig Fassi has been running the festival solo out of his passion and love for the Indigenous creative community. He promises to maintain the event to ensure Polynesian artists have a space to share their work. There's so many amazing stories amongst us as specific people and having the avenues to make that happen, um, I think Pollywood makes a big difference. Um, just showcasing the films alone and um, inspiring younger ones to take, hey, that, that's, that's a story, I can, I can do that, that kind of thing, that kind of mentality. The festival serves to support budding creators with making connections to produce content with. The screenings are a great networking opportunity and audience members have the chance to speak with the featured film production teams themselves. Mr Fassi says connections are key for upcoming creators. You can only do so much on your own and um, building those networks and having those conversations with people, don't be shy. You've obviously got something strong to share and um, what better way to share it than with a group of people rather than having it all enclosed in yourself. That's the only way that anything's going to grow is if you plant the seed. This year, Mr Fassi selected seven films featuring Samoan, Hawaiian, Cook Island and New Zealand stories. Several of the productions have already made it big, landing awards in international film festivals. He explains that the Indigenous storytelling is what makes these films stronger. The fact that we are um, of Pacific descent telling these stories um, gives it that much more weight in terms of credibility with regards to us telling our own stories. It must, it must be done that way. It's inherent. It's in our blood. I mean, we, we understand firsthand why and what and how and who, but we've lived it, and um, it's ingrained in us as a people. Authenticity can only come from a um, Pacifica person. Reflecting back to the early 2000s when the festival was first founded, Mr Fussy shares how he noticed a gap in the industry. There were very few Pacifica-produced Pacifica films, and accessing resources to tell their stories was not easy. He says the developments of the digital age have played a huge role in the now blooming industry. Yeah, I think technology had a big impact and the education side of it was, was true to, um, to the finances that were being developed as well for um, developing Pacifica content stories and um, just us as a unique body here in New Zealand um, who can represent us um, as, as best but ourselves. The director believes that these advancements and social media are making the film world more accessible to the everyday person. He encourages interested storytellers to make the most of it and just do it. Papua New Guinea recently announced the establishment of two new marine protected areas off the east coast of New Island province. The marine protected areas cover 16,000 square kilometres, doubling the area under marine reserve and PNG. The local team from the Wildlife Conservation Society has been directly involved in the setting up of the MPA over the past seven years. Local spokesperson Anissa Sapul says the MPAs will create havens for dozens of critically endangered species. She spoke with Don Wiseman. We have two marine protected areas. They're in different um, localities. Why these particular areas in New Ireland province? New Ireland itself is like uh, one of the maritime provinces. And a lot of um, the coastal communities are heavily dependent on fisheries resources. And we've, we've seen an increase in a lot of other threats that are posing on the fisheries population. 
So one would be like population increase. Some threats could be with fishing, unsustainable fishing, and also you know natural threats such as climate change. So we've seen that these have contributed to decline in the fisheries resources that communities have access to now. This area as well, it would have been under threat or potentially faces a threat from undersea mining, doesn't it? Yes, so there was a proposal for underwater seabed mining, which would be on the western coast of New Island, so not where these particular MPAs are, but on the mainland of New Island. In terms of protecting the area, the local communities will still be able to fish within this MPA. Is that right? Yes. So the local communities would still be able to fish. So the establishment of the protected area was in consultation with the community members, the local people. So the management plan or the rules within the marine protected area really focus on the type of fisheries practice that's happening, so the type of harvesting. So it's allowing communities to fish, but changing those fishing methods that are harmful to the fisheries. Yes, but there can't be commercial fishing within the zone, or can there? No, no commercial fishing. How far out do they extend from the coast, these MPAs? They're different. Um, one extends uh, 18 kilometres is the furthest limit from the shoreline, and the other is 20 kilometres. So what we've done is where the furthest limit is for any of the co- coastal communities, that's where the boundaries extend. Within PNG, which of course has an enormous EEZ, what is the significance? As you see it, as someone who works in conservation, what does the Wildlife Conservation Society think of this move? Is this highly significant? I think for the ocean space, like this is a big area, coverage for marine protected areas. So it's like triple the size of where we've been working in um, because we've been concentrating on very small areas. So having a larger area, larger seascape of management, we would see that there is more opportunity for different species to now thrive within the management space. We also, when we facilitate a discussion for the establishment, there are also other species that will be protected as well. So the focus is coastal fisheries, but it's also looking at critical endangered species like turtles, dugongs, there'll be mammals that are there like dolphins and whales, and also sharks and rays within the space of the MPA. That's Pacific Waves for today. To listen back, head over to rnzi.com slash programs. We're also on Apple, Spotify and iHeartRadio podcasts. From myself and the RNZ Pacific team, to Fast Week 4.